Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 94. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm I'm fine, I suppose. We we got new Wi-Fi here, so I had to buy a new router and a new power bar. So got that all set up, and that was as frustrating as all hell. Oh, it was so frustrating okay. to set it up. You think things would be plug and play, but it's not. No, it never is that easy, Mitch. Everything is hard and nothing is easy. Unbelievable. But we finally got it running, so getting 56 megs of download right now instead of 21 to 17 I was getting yesterday. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> you're, you're flying around on the internet. It's whizzing like crazy. It's insane. So yay to that. And I walked five and a half miles today, so I'm a little, I'm a little tuckered out. I I don't blame you, but that's that's pretty healthy for you. Good for you, man. Yeah, my my, my ticker is 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 thanking me. I suppose. How are you doing? How, how's Pup Musgraves? Is that what it is? Casey Mus okay. Pup Graves. There it is. Got it backwards. Close. Yeah, uh, close almost. Um, so for those who don't know, I said it on the Patreon yesterday because it was our first podcast since it happened. But for the regular pod and for the full audience, I am now a dog owner, kind of. My sister, who lives at home with me still, um, bought herself a dog. So now there's an animal living in my house. So it is, in turn, my dog, too. That's right. Her her name is Casey, spelled K-A-C-E-Y, like the country singer Casey Musgrave. So I call her Casey Pupgraves. And there you go. She is, she's <laughs> very sweet. She's a little sick today, has a little bit of a cough going. So she's on antibiotics, but hopefully get back and better than ever yeah hopefully geez antibiotics already that's that's rough but you know it's, it's a pop they catch things like that so yeah so she was a little bit tired today but it's been certainly an interesting experience yeah. to say the least uh so shall we get to some aisles content let's do it do you have an edition for 94 the ryan smith edition Ooh. he wore number 94 the only time he was here in 2007 um, that was a, a nice. He played for another like a while after that, like another seven years after that. That's insane to think about it. 
Uh, he put up 37, sorry, he put up 15 points in 18 games. <laughs> That's it. This is still pretty good. It's a good return. Um, but, you know, that was it. But he just didn't play that much with the Islanders. That's all. No, and then four in four points in five games in the in the playoffs. Like, it's pretty good. That's a pretty good return. Just the yeah. rest of the team around him was the garbage. Yeah, they were not great, and he obviously did not stick around. So yeah. that was just uh, your pure rental. Yep, that did not work out well for them. No, but these next couple of guys that we'll be talking about are not rentals. It would be free agent signings, and we're almost at that time, Mitch. We are in June, so less than a month. Um, Just a, a little bit of a thought, Yep, I guess. Sure, lay it on me. Why are the Islanders linked to Eric Carlson? And this is where we'll start, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, first thing first, he's a great player. Oh, of course. Right? Yes. It's just, do we need another right shot puck moving defenseman? Again, this is probably the best player in his position. And there's an asterisk when I say that, and we'll get to the asterisk a little bit later. Okay. Um, interesting. I don't think you necessarily need Eric Carlson. I mean, he's a great player. I would just, if you're going to spend, what do you think it's going to take? Ten million dollars to sign yes. him. I would. I would year. say so. I would rather spend that kind of money on a forward because that is a more pressing need. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. And so the asterisk that I'm putting next to Eric Carlson being the best in his position in the league is when he's healthy, and he was not healthy oh. all of last year. He actually just went through surgery just now. He went through groin surgery over the off season. Okay, so. Who knows what type of Eric Carlson we're getting back? It's a groin injury, so like it, 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 he could be fine when he gets become September October. That's that's shouldn't necessarily be an issue, but you got that he's missing half of his ankle on one foot. <laughs> it's starting to pile up for a guy who's twenty nine years old, right? He's he's still within his peak, and again, one of the best in his position. But he's up there, and if you're getting a guy who may not be healthy, who's on the decline potentially. Uh, and you're going to pay him $10 million for how long? Oh, and it's not necessarily something you need per se. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. Like, I, I don't know if I could justify it. I don't think I'd be mad if they, if they brought him in, but I, I, I don't think I'd be happy either. Now, I, it's hard to say that you'd be mad if you brought in Eric Carlson. That's right. But what... But when you consider what the Islanders' needs are, a right-handed shooting defenseman is not one of them. No, and like to be fair, he does set up goals. He does, you know, he could put up goals. He put up twenty goals once, um, or sorry, twenty goal, twenty-one, twenty goals in twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. So like in those two seasons, he put up twenty goals apiece. He's won the Norris Trophy twice. He's finished second in Norris Trophy voting another two times. He finished fifth in the Hart Trophy voting as MVP of the league uh, just three years ago in 2016-2017. So, like, the guy's got talent, but when you think about it, you're going, well, well if, if we bring him in at, let's, again, say ten, at least $10 million, that's going to impact our ability to bring in, like you said, a top six forward, like a Panarin, like uh, Jeff Skinner. Like, that's really what we need. We need a guy who can finish, and Eric Carlson isn't necessarily a guy who's going to finish. Right, and if it came down to, and I'm not going to use Panarin because I think you can maybe make the case for this, 
But if it came down to you could either have Skinner or Carlson, even though Carlson is the better player of the two, I'm taking Skinner because he fills more of a position of need for the Islanders. Yeah, 100%. Like a goal-scoring right wing. That's ding, ding, ding. That's two of the, the needs right there in one. And he's not going to cost $10 million. He might cost nine, but that's still a million dollars less. And Skinner's, right. what, 27? Yes. He is two years <laughs> younger. two years younger. And a 40-goal score. And a 40-goal score. But to be fair, Eric Carlson is a generational defensive talent. So, mm, I mean, you got yes. that. That's like saying I, I, I've got Ovi just outside of his prime, like three years from now, Ovi. Like he's a generational player who transcends the position itself. That's Eric Carlson. Of course, asterisks whenever I say something as hyperbolic as transcendent player because it's when he's healthy. When he's healthy, he's unquestionably the best in his position. But when he isn't, and then for good reason because he's not healthy, he is not. Yeah, which is, again, like you said, fair, but do you want to invest in that kind of player when you already have, let's list them out, Ryan Pulak, Scott Mayfield, Johnny Boychuk, Bodie Wild, and Noah Dobson. That's five right-handed shooting defensemen in your system. You're going to add a six? That, that, could, that could make the team today, right? They could all make the team today. Yeah. You're going to add a six to that mix? No. <laughs> like, uh, again, of course, it's Eric Carlson. And if you're sure he's 100% healthy and he's 100% good to go for the next, let's say, five years, yeah, you make that deal and you, 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 know, you roll the dice on those last two because you, you can only give him seven. But if you're not sure about his health, you don't make that deal. You just don't make it because he could be done next year. Maybe not, but he could at least not be the same player. Look, he put up 45 points in 53 games this year. That's perfectly fine. On on a San Jose Sharks team that has players who can finish, Logan Couture, Joe Thornton, uh, Timo Meyer, Joe Pavelski, like these guys can finish. Well, maybe not Joe Thornton. I take, I take that back. He does not finish. <laughs> Very much a team up guy. Evander Kane. There you go. Uh, whereas the, the Islanders don't have that, and that's like you brought up earlier. That's really what you, what, what the Islanders should be focusing on. But if you're yeah. if you're looking to bring in a name, that's certainly a name. It, obviously, it it is a name, and like we said, we'd be kind of it'd be kind of ironic if we we're bashing the Islanders for signing Eric Carlson, but uh, it's not really as pressing. The only positive I take out of it is simply being linked. Yeah. If that you're in on one of the big free agents, that's a good sign. Like if no. you're at least looking to add him and you, you're, you're kicking the tires on it, that means you're, you're, you're trying to add not just quality, you're looking to add elite level quality. And that's what I'm looking for. Just from just to be linked to it. Like I heard Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts podcast last week. And when he said that, he said it like in, in a voice that conveyed he was stupefied by it. The Islanders are in on him. Like, what? what? So where do the Islanders come from? Who, where do they get off trying to get a top 10 talent or top player in his position of this generation? Like, that just, it, it almost like didn't compute to him. Obviously, he didn't necessarily mean it that way, but that's how it came out. And that's something that it's changing the narrative around the club, where we're not only establishing a winning culture, but we're going after winning players and players who are the best at the best. Because we are an NHL team, and we are not just the Islanders of old. We are the new Islanders. And that's huge. It is, and you got to love that. And Carlson wasn't the only name that they were in on this past week. Artemi Panarin was another link. 
Yeah. And that fits the mold e- even more so. He's a point-per-game player who can score 30 goals. <laughs> but then set up another 50 points. Uh, he's good on the power play. Uh, he's good everywhere. Plays on well, he, he shoots right, but he plays on the left, does he not? I think you flipped it. I think he... Uh, well, I mean, I, oh, I you might be right. Thought, you might be right. I always screw this up, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, no, he shoots right, but his position is left wing, which okay. is you, you immediately shift him to the right. Like you, you want, you want that on that side. I don't, I don't like the offside shooting unless you're playing the power play, because at that point you're you're opening yourself up more. When you're on the rush, your handed is on the right side. You're not on the right side for a, a one timer on the rush. I, I much prefer. You know, having a righty on the left when it comes to the power play and vice versa. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. But I, that Panarin, if, if the Islanders were able to land Artem Panarin, that is huge. One, just because I think this is, he's expected to be the biggest free agent to hit the market. No. Out of everyone, you would, I would say probably. Depends if, if Mitch Marner actually hits the market or not, I would say. If you're talking UFA, okay. sorry, you said free agent. And I, I just yeah. I assume, sorry, that was my my bad. I, I assumed it was RFA UFA is what I was doing, but you're right. As in terms of UFA, it's probably the biggest one. Right. So if they were able to land the biggest fish on the market, that is huge for the Islanders. Yeah. And he is this guy. It should be good for a while. You would think he's if you sign him to a seven year deal, that takes him to his age thirty four season. I believe that's right. He turned twenty. Well. He turned 27 in October, on October 30th. So I, I'm not sure how it works out calendar-wise. I'm too stupid for that, um, to figure it out that quickly. Uh, you know, give me five minutes, I'll be able to figure it out. But, you know, give me yeah. 10 seconds and no thanks. It's not going to happen. So the last year of that deal, he'll be playing through his age 34 season. But I think it's 100% worth it to go in on that and give him the full seven years and pay him at age 32, 33, 34, just because of what he is going to give you over the next four years. At a certain point, you got to shoot your shot in, in UFA. And shooting your shot does not include giving Andrew Ladd a ton of money and a ton of trade protection. It's you land the biggest fish you can get. You go after the best player. He is a Calder winner in his first year in the NHL, 77 points. Follow that up with 74, 82, 87. This guy is going to get you 70 points no matter what, it seems. It seems. It'd be stupid to think that he can't. Yeah, and put him with Matt Barzell, and that's a really fun-looking line. Yeah, exactly. Matt Barzell, Anders Lee on the left, even even Josh Bailey on the left if you really have to f- stress the the uh, the point. Or, or Brock Nelson if it's just not working at center, although I doubt that. Uh, that's you got options, and you got two. Usually the lines aren't necessarily a trio. It's a duo nowadays where they got two guys that play together, and there's an interchangeable part depending on the situation. So, yeah. That's you got those two guys, and that's the core of your line. That's a pretty damn good core. It absolutely is, and who knows? Maybe uh, you add Oliver Wallstrom to, to that mix God, too. Yes, my God, yes, <laughs> I'm loving this. Yeah, not next year, obviously, but the following who year, twenty twenty one. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Lou liked what he saw. Although I, I doubt a ten game sample is going to be good enough to get him in the league this year. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you, but I think the point that we we're trying to hit on here is yes, Carlson breaking down Carlson and Panarin is fun, but the fact that the Islanders have their name in on these 
big free agents, I think, is more of the story than who the actual player is. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm right with you that they're in on these guys and they're reshaping the roster not only by playing well, but by looking at bringing in talent. And the Islanders have always looked to bring in talent, but they've never been a serious, you know, uh, thought on, on our serious blip on the radar we went after andrew no. ladd come on now like that, that was that was not a good that was not a good ufa purchased by the islanders no um there's one more that i wanted to talk about and i'm not i, I maybe i i'm stealing your thunder for the social segment um okay but you brought it up today in a post and i'm, I'm kind of blindsetting you with this but i, I think this is a really interesting one sure. is nazim kadri okay i'm not sure about him. I I like okay. and don't like it for almost the same reason. What's that? The, his penalty issues. The fact that he takes as he may not take as many as he gives, but it seems that he takes a lot of dumb ones, and we got enough guys giving dumb penalties. Yeah, I think that's fair, and he's not a perfect player, and I wouldn't be happy if Kadri's the only big move that they make. If it's Kadri and uh, Panarin or uh, Skinner or somebody else to add to the top six, yeah. then I'm f- then I'm okay with it. But the Islanders don't have great center depth, and if your four centers are Barzal, Nelson, Kadri, and Sezikis, that's pretty solid down the middle. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, absolutely. And he can get you, like you wrote in your article, like 55 points, I think it was, a couple of times. Yeah, this year he had, I think it was only 16 goals, or 18 maybe, but the last two years before that, he had 32 both years. <laughs> he's a 30-goal scorer on the third line, although he was playing second-line minutes then for Toronto. But still, True. you're giving yourself, like if Brock Nelson isn't working out one night, you got another second-line center potentially. Right, and let's say, okay, maybe he gives you 48 points and like 20 goals or 25 goals. I'm still taking that on the third line. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like, why wouldn't you? But it, again, it, but then it gets to the dumb penalty situation, right? Like we've seen him take okay. dumb penalties in the playoffs for the Leafs, and we already have Leo Komarov and Andrew Ladd taking dumb slashing penalties. Yeah, that's my only okay. kind of like. But if that happens very seldomly, and and if, if Barry Trotz can limit that, then I I'm really on board with it because he he's got a good cap hit, right? Like it's four point something, four and a half. That's pretty good for the next three years. That's pretty good for probably the best or maybe top five third line center in the league. Yeah, he would be. I would say right. He he's in there. I I, I would have to argue. Yeah, you know, he's he's not a great second line. He's an okay second line, but a really good third line center. So yeah, and I I understand. And some people think that he's a dirty player, too. So Yeah, he, he gets under people's skin. I think that's just it. I, I almost like that in a way. Well, that's why he draws so many penalties, right? That's his whole appeal in, in terms of penalty draws, that he gets under, people, under people's skin. He goes a bit too far, you know, like the throat thrashing thing or throat slashing thing he did in the playoffs a couple years back. Like, he's a hothead himself, and that could be a problem. It could be. But if anyone could maintain him, I think it'd be Barry Trotz. You're absolutely right there. But I, I agree with you that if you could get the best out of him, and um, what's the word? And you're and he's your third line center. Oh, baby, that looks and, pretty good. 
I don't think it would take a whole lot to trade for him. Probably not. I, I don't I don't think so. They they need to clear up cap space, right? They they absolutely need to clear it up. Maybe go like Beauvillier in a third? I'm I, I I keep finding that it's it's really difficult when we're dealing with with trade scenarios, but that, that sounds fine to me. Like Toronto needs to clear up cap space and needs to clear up cap space bad. So why the heck not? But you know, someone out there is gonna be like, that's a dumb deal. So like I you can't please everyone, right? No, but I'm just trying to think of uh, fair compensation here, and that's one of the first things that came to my head. Yeah, we we don't have good center depth, so if they're looking to get back a center, like we we're not a good trade partner for them. But Bo can play center; he has that ability. Um, he's not the same type of player as as Kadri, but you can get him for a fraction of the cost, so that's appealing in and of itself for them. Yeah, so that should be pretty interesting. But as we said, Islanders are in on some pretty big fish, Carlson. Panarin, yep. that is something to be excited about. And something else we should absolutely be excited about is Noah Dobson, and we're not the only ones, Mitch. <laughs> Lou Lamarillo has given him the stamp of approval. Yeah, so what did he say? He'd be disappointed if he didn't... I want to get the words right. He didn't say he'd be disappointed if he didn't make the team. He'd be disappointed if he didn't like push for it. Push, push yeah. For I a think spot. push was the word. Push for a spot. I'm going to have to bring it up now. I'm going to find the, the athletic yeah, piece. As- as you do that, I'll vamp for a Please. little bit. So pretty much, and he almost did last year. I wouldn't say that he was close to making the team, but they gave him an extended look, and that's absolutely a positive sign. So if you take another year on that and another solid year from him at juniors, I mean, you're really going to send them back there for another year? You might have to. So this is what he says. The two years he's had, this is Lou Lamorello, I'd be awfully disappointed if he didn't have a great chance of making this team. Yeah. Make it hard for the Islanders to send you back. That should be your goal. Yeah. M- m- really put their their uh, their right-handed de- decisions in a vice because you stood out, uh, which is going to make it difficult for a guy like Scott Mayfield, I think, because Scott Mayfield has to be the odd man out when it comes to Noah Dobson. Yeah. Or maybe you could use Scott Mayfield in... A trade package for then. for Kadri, yeah, because like, he's what one point four five million for the next four years, a good top, you know, an okay top four. He definitely fits in a top four. Worst case, you know, best case scenario, bottom six or mm-hmm. bottom two, I guess. Uh, but at one point four five million dollars, that's that's good for a team like the Leafs. Then you're saving at that point, you know, it's one and a half, so almost three million dollars off the cap. You know, yeah. every million counts. It does, and I think that as much as we both like Scott Mayfield mm-hmm. and are a fan of his game, if Noah Dobson shows that he's ready this year, then you got to get him into the lineup. Yeah, what, yeah absolutely, 100%. There, there's no reason not to, um, Well, unless he doesn't play well. I guess he only, is the only reason here. If he doesn't play well enough right. to deserve it, then obviously you send him back. Uh, and I'm going to reserve judgment for Lou. Uh, if he sends him back and he tells me like he just wasn't ready, all right, fine. I'm not going to be disappointed. And I hope I remember that come October. Um, but at this point, like it just, if he's ready, you're absolutely right. You you can't send him back to junior. If he's ready, like what well, he's going to kill the CHL. What's he going to learn there? Although I said that about Matthew Barzell and look what happened to him. He won the call of the next year. Yeah, I, that's true. But uh, to be fair, that wasn't because they didn't want him around. That's because he did a stupid move in the penalty box. Yeah, pretty much they did, and like, I think they only played in one more game after that, right? 
did he? Yeah, he played against Washington. Was that his first game? That yeah, Wash. He did that in his first game. That was the Washington game. I think he got one more. Yeah, against I Montreal. Tell you played against. Oh, it was against. Montreal. It was Montreal, okay. and it was like a, a number of games later. It was not the next night. No, it was yeah, like you said, it was multiple healthy scratches. In yeah, room. they they stuck him around for a while. Um, so he, I I really would love to see Noah Dobson in the lineup. And again, that's saying that as as a fan of, like you said earlier, of Scott Mayfield. I like Scott Mayfield's game. I like what he brings to the table. But man, uh, there's there's nothing more riveting to me than than seeing a draft pick, uh, uh, like a top, a first round draft pick pan out like a year later. There's nothing better for me than that. I love seeing picking someone that no one else wanted. Maybe not no one else, but at least another ten teams didn't want, and he like pans out. God, that's the best thing ever. It's a it's a fun feeling, and you kind of get attached to those prospects and stuff like that, and it's understandable why you do. And I mean, yeah, he's young; he's what nineteen years old. But I don't know how much. Like I said earlier, you're gonna send them back for another year. I don't I don't know if you could do. And he's not a small MJHL. kid, right? Like he's six three, one eighty five. Yeah, he's big. Like Mayfield he's is what six five, two twelve, I believe. That sounds about right. He's pretty big too. Uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, Scott Mayfield. What's his size? So what do you say he he is? I'm gonna get. Can I guess? Yeah. Six four two twenty two. Oh God, Jesus! Six five two twenty three. Okay. That's wow. that's a good that's a good job by you. That that's that's a. Again, that's too much time spent on <laughs> hockey reference. <laughs> Uh, but you got a guy who's like you said, nineteen. He turns twenty in uh in January. Who can step in and and take that, and he can give you production as well. Like the thing with Scott Mayfield, we saw he could give us production, but he's not. I think he tops out at maybe thirty points. No Dobson could probably get you more than that. Oh yeah, you were thinking in his prime or when he reaches his like full potential, he's probably going to be forty. Plus yeah, I, I would. Thing. I was immediately thinking fifty. The, the, uh, of course, we haven't seen him at the NHL, so it could be all of a bust. But like everything, all the juices flowing inside of me and the whiskey I'm drinking right now is telling me fifty points. <laughs> no, all signs point to yeah, like that that kind of a defenseman. Yes, yeah. not an Eric Carlson, but again, Alex Pietrangelo. Not again, but like that's the guy who models this game after. And we saw how valuable that was for St. Louis in the playoffs the other day. So. Precisely, <laughs> looks pretty good. Guy who play half an hour and generate two points for you in a game three. I'll take me takey. Yeah, and two months later in the playoffs too, still do being able to do it. Yeah. The only issue with with all of this, maybe not issue, but the only caveat is that if they bring in Eric Carlson, then forget about Noah Dobson. However good he looks in the tra- in training camp. Yeah, if you bring it, and I know you're not a fan of this. And I can't say that I necessarily blame you, but if you sign Eric Carlson, you're trading Noah Dobson, man, because you're signing Carlson to a seven-year deal, and where where is possibly Noah Dobson going to be able to play? You, I'm not going to say it's Noah Dobson. I I don't like that, but I you you at least give up on on Dobson or Pulak. It's one of the two. Yeah, it's one of those two. Maybe yeah. Wild. Um, but like I, I, I don't think that Wild carries the same value that Noah Dobson does. It's not far no. off, but it's not the same. I agree uh, with what you just said. It's not far off, and I think he waits a little bit longer. And it, if it's me, my plan is that Wild is eventually uh, Johnny Boychuk's replacement in two, two, three years from now, whenever that. 
Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about his defensive game. I, I know his offensive game is on point, but I'm not sure if his defensive game is there yet. And of course, is, Barry Trotz will teach you that, I guess. Right, which is why he's getting a few more years to develop that, yeah. where Noah Dobson is more ready to go right now. But you know, we, we talked about this the other day on the podcast, and Arthur Staple cleared it up. Is that uh, I think it was a mailbag podcast. Is that Bodie Wild can come into the NHL or the AHL next year? because he was drafted out of the NCAA. We weren't sure if because he was drafted out of the NCAA, but now playing in the OHL, if that would work. And apparently it does because you weren't drafted from a CHL team or an OHL team. Right. So that's great. That's a, that's a great plus plus. Good job by Bodie Wild there. He got more reps, better competition, and he's getting, he can go to the AHL at 19. Like, why don't more kids do this? I guess the yeah. NCAA won't like that too much. No, probably not. But then, okay, you season down in the AHL for two plus years, maybe. Yeah, maybe more if if you if yeah. Just, but you know, it's, he got what he got sixty, seventy games in him. He got playoff time. That's huge for for a guy where if you're looking at the NCAA, you're playing forty, maybe fifty games if you go all the way to the Final Four, right? So, or the Frozen Four. Yeah, the Frozen Four. So. There is your Noah Dobson update. Definitely something to be excited about, though. We are happy about oh, it here God, at Eyes yeah. and Isles. I can't wait. Next up, Mitch, we had a couple of signings this past week. One is Tanner Fritz. The other, I'm going to let you say his name just because I love how you say it with the accent. Arnaud Durando. Arnaud Durando. <laughs> you got to roll that I R. Can't. <laughs> I can't do it. My tongue don't work like that. Oh, boy. You'll learn. Eventually, yeah, maybe. Through so, osmosis over, <laughs> over Google Hangouts. <laughs> One, obviously, is a prospect signing. The other is just a depth signing. But, Mitch, I got to tell you, I like both of these moves. Yeah, what, what is not to like out of these moves? They were going to lose Arnaud Zerando to, for nothing. right? They had to sign him to an ELC by 5 p.m. on that date. I think it was, Or he was going to go back into the draft, He could right? go back into the draft. And what say you, someone, but the New York Islanders ain't going to draft a guy who put up 73 points in the regular season. Yeah. Although they might look at it as saying he was a product of Raphael Lavoie, who's, you know, projected as a top five pick, I believe, in this okay. year's draft. Is he a product of him? He might be, but, you know, the same thing was said of uh, Dylan Strom, and he went number three overall. Is he a product of, of Connor McDavid? McDavid. So... Uh, but it, it's a great deal. You you don't let talent go for free, and that that's what this this entire regime is saying. If we have talent or we can bring in talent, we will do so. And you've already made this pick at a six a six rounder. You keep him. There's no reason to let him go. What do you lose out of this, out of out of signing him? Right, like he's going to get nothing. It's a it's a two way deal, and he's going to sit in the AHL next year. Uh, I'm just trying to find it here. I don't know why I can't find Arnaud Zerando. For some reason, on cap friendly, I'm gonna have to search it up again. Zando, Arnold Zando, seven hundred fifty-six thousand is his NHL cap hit, but his minor salary okay. is seventy thousand dollars. That's okay, what it's costing yeah. you right now. That's you, you, you take that. That's my salary. He's being paid my money, and he could <laughs> turn out. Well, that's not. That's, that's sorry. It's less. That's my money, Canadian, <laughs> not American. Um. You take that. Why not, right? Yeah, I, I think you have to. You got to. It's. I was gonna say it's worth the risk, but it's not even a risk. You, you just do it. Yeah. You drafted this kid because you saw something, and he turned out to give you something. 
You do that, poof. You sign him to a three-year ELC that's going to slide. He's not going to hit the, in the NHL next year. So it's going to slide for another year. You do it. What do you, what do you have to lose? Nothing. You have everything to gain out of this situation. If he turns out to, to be something, you're like, great. A six-round pick, just 165th overall, just turned out to be something. Awesome. Yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Um, and then there's the Tanner Fritz deal. That, I don't know why people were freaking out over that deal. Dude, some, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, some people, they were getting at me on the comments and on Twitter and stuff like that. They're like, oh, this means that's Tanner Fritz. There's your third line center. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he's, he's not guaranteed playing time. At absolute peak ceiling, he is probably the 13th forward for the Islanders. Yeah. And that's like the ceiling. He is most likely going to be in Bridgeport. Well, it's a one-way deal, if I'm not mistaken. The first, the first year is a one-way. So that, to me, that, that tells me he's going to play this year. And I, I don't think he plays center. Uh, if they can't get someone in free agency or, or through trade, sure, maybe. Um, but I think ultimately it's the, he's going to fit in Cal Clutterbuck's spot. Okay. Right? He's a, he's a right shooting forward. He's not going to play. It's not going to be like a Tom Kunakle in the playoff situation where he's getting second line minutes. Well, he played top line. Remember that? He's a top line forward, Matt. You know, <laughs> you're not helping my cause, Mitch. I'm saying that this is no reason to panic. It was, no. what, 800 grand against the Cavs? 700. Okay, there you go. It, it, it's a Devin Tays like deal. <laughs> Two years, 700,000. That's wild. Um, no, I, I said last year at, at the Austin that this guy deserves a spot on the roster as the 13th forward. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this guy is, needs to be a second-line center or, or, or a second-line forward or a top line. It's This guy has done enough to show you that he could be inserted in and out of the lineup. He's perfectly fine for that. that that's the, these are the type of guys you need. He's young, right? He's 27 years old. He's in and out of the lineup, and you're going to give him $700,000? You don't think this guy is going to chomp at the bits for that? Yes, absolutely. I would kill for that. Many people would kill for that. Yeah, but if he that's the thing. Like if he's a 13th forward who plays 35 games next year for like you said 700 grand, that's a good deal for the Islanders if you ask me. Why would we hate on that? Again, Cal Clutterback had major back surgery. You, we're going to need a guy on that fourth line. I've seen people put Leo Komarov as their fourth line center on on Armchair GMs. So like mm-hmm. if if we're going to be okay with that. We have to be okay with Tanner Fritz. Oh yeah, I'd much rather. I prefer Tanner Fritz, yep. but Leo Camaro is getting paid three million dollars, so he's not going nowhere. No, exactly, and they're not going to scratch him. But like, I'm perfectly fine with this deal. That that seems like a responsible choice to make. We had a guy in the lineup. We don't have to pay him a ton of money. He can do a job. He's not Cal Clutterbuck, but he could at least do the job. Why the hell would we not? That seems like a really yeah. stupid idea to let him go for no reason. And that, to me, this deal showed that, okay, Tom Kunakle's not going to be brought back. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you with that. I don't think so. Which is I'm completely fine with. I think Kunakle was just about everything I thought he would be this year. Yeah, absolutely. He, does, he doesn't belong in the AHL. He's too good for that. But he's not good enough to get anything in more than fourth-line minutes, although he was a second-line <laughs> right wing in the playoffs. Right. But again, if he got fourth line minutes all year, I'm not complaining about. No, that. I, I, I would, I would, I'd be fine with Tom Kunakle playing 82 games at fourth line. I'm perfect for his for a million dollar cap hit, not 
three and a half. Yeah, and he'd probably get you like 25 points. I'm perfectly fine with that. If we're looking to replace Cal Clutterbuck, I'm looking at Tom Kunockle, but there's no reason to do that because we have Tanner Fritz now. So Exactly. Or, or if they still want to bring Tom Kunockle back for another million and Tanner Fritz is 4-13 interchangeable with Tom Kunockle, and you're saying we have a 13th guy for 1.7, hey, that's fine with me. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Me too. But the idea that he's, he's got, not the idea, but the fact that he's got a one-way tells me that he's going to play next year. There's a chance. Well, I, I'm, I'm telling you he will. Like, I, I don't see why he wouldn't. Why would they put themselves... You think he's going to play like 70-plus games? No, but I think it's going to be like a 30 to 40 situation. Okay. Then, yeah, that's I that's I fine. think they feel that Cal Clutterbuck is going to be out longer than he... Longer than he said he would, I think it's gonna. Or they're gonna give him longer as well. Like they, they like to give their guys time to recover because there's no, uh, yeah. there's no reason to rush him back. Come on, he's. I would be shocked if he's in the lineup opening night. You had major back surgery. Like chill, bud. You, you're a great servant. We're gonna keep you. Just, just chill. Get yourself back to 150 percent if that's even physically possible, and then come right back in. All right, we're we're gonna miss you. But we want to make sure that you're you're back to a healthy you and not like in 10 years from now, you're like, oh, my back's all screwed up because I came back early. No. Yeah. And I don't want to see like a hunched over Cal Clutterbuck in 10 years signing autographs for kids. I want to see a nice, healthy Cal Clutterbuck with a handlebar mustache signing autographs for kids. That's what I want to see with a little bit of gray in it. Yeah, a little salt and pepper. Yeah. Give me that. I'll get him to sign my I'll, – I'll buy a Cal Clutterbuck jersey if that happens. There you go. There you go. It could replace the other one you got hanging up that signed. Yeah. You know, my God. I, I need to replace that one that's been signed. <laughs> Let's just say it's a 91 and it's not Gore. No, I still hate my old producer from an old podcast that I used to do, uh, Riding Pine Show. Shout out to them. Uh, who went to Denny Potbank's house? He went to his place. He sat in his house next to him and spoke to him and recorded him and would not bring. I was going to go out and buy a jersey that second. And he said, no, he's not going to do that. I still don't forgive him. Wow. He, he, he didn't want to be that guy to burden Danny Potvin and be like, hey, could you sign this for me? But like, Or can you sign this for a friend? Just don't tell him this for a friend. Just just get him to sign it. Just his name. I don't need to say to Mitch, I love you very much. Yeah, I would love that. No. But like, you know, get him to put his little Jan Hancock on it, please. Oh, my God. That would have meant so much to me. He has no idea. Thanks a lot, Jack Wagon. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> onwards and upwards of that. Mitch, this next segment that we have is going to be a little bit of a trip down memory lane and not in a good way. So there was this tweet put out last week or, yeah, it was last week at this point. And it was basically saying, give me a player that you thought was going to be really good that just never panned out. And people were quote tweeting it for NHL, NFL, MLB. NBA, all that kind of stuff. So it got me thinking of certain Islanders ones. <laughs> I wonder who. And yeah, not only not only that, but we have a very forgotten generation, is I think what we mentioned it on the running order as. Yeah. And from 2010 to 2014, Islanders did not have a whole lot of luck <laughs> in drafting players in the first round. No. You want to... <laughs> You want to run through some of those names? Okay. Um, 2010, they made two picks. Nino Nino Ryder at number five. 
Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to him because we have to specify a little bit. Number 30 at Brock Nelson. That's turned out pretty good so far. Yeah. 2011, Ryan Strom at the number five overall. Again, fifth overall, just like Nino. Uh, 2011, Griffin Reinhardt, number four overall. Number four. So this is three top five picks they've made in a row. In a row. Uh, and that, this is the year after they made Tavares number one. So that's really four in a row then, right? Nine, yeah. 10, 11, 12. Right. Uh, and if you want to go to top 10 picks, and that's five in a row with Josh Bailey in 2018 or 2008. Okay. But fair. this is just a focus on 2010. So three in a row so far. Um, in 2013, though, there's a little aberration where they take Ryan Pulak, number 15 overall. That has panned out. So good job by them on that. That was a good pick. 2014, though, they make two first-round selections in Michael Del Cole at, again, number five overall. This is now the fourth in this generation. And then Joshua saying number 28. Yeah, that's not great because you have uh, one of those guys really having an impact on the Islanders. And even then, it's a minute impact. He had one good season, right? And, uh, we're, not, we're not talking about Ryan Pulak, right? Or are we talking? I was Ryan talking about Brock. I was talking about Brock Nelson. I was leaving uh, Ryan Pulak out of right. this. Right. So you're right. Brock Nelson is the only one. So let's extract Brock Nelson and Ryan Pulak. That's two out of what? Six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two out of seven that panned out. And none none of those were top five, by the way. These no. were both like Be- fifteen onwards. Nino has turned himself into a good player, just not with the Islanders. So you can't count him. No. Strom had one good year, one good year, his rookie year when he put up fifty points. Yep. And now he's not on the team, and he's like a thirty to thirty-five point player. He's a very okay NHL. He had player. a good a good end to the season with the Rangers. He put up thirty-three points with the Rangers last year, and he really turned it on at the end. So he 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 might be okay this year, and that's on that's on a crappy Rangers team. Yeah, that's true, but it's. When you take someone top five, yeah, you're, you're right. hoping that they'd be a little bit better than a, a 35 to 40 point player. Yeah, that, that they could put up a 50 goal season more than once or 50 point season more than once. Yes, multiple. If it, that's where you want to be around, 50 point yes. player. Griffin Reinhardt stinks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is an awful pick. I mean, they I almost fleeced. wasted a bunch of whiskey there. Yeah, they. <laughs> Garth Snow fleeced Peter Shirelli. Oh, like, hard. Bad on that one. That's that's the trade of... You have to think that that's the trade of, of the last five years. The best trade in the last five years. Arguably. Like, Just about. Unarguably. You got Matthew Barzell and Anthony Bovillier out of it. Whatever you say about Anthony Bovillier is already trumped by the fact that Matthew Barzell won a Calder Trophy. Done. If even if it was still just Anthony Beauvillier for Griffin Reinhardt, that still worked out because yes. Reinhardt's out of the league. Well, he's yeah, he's not playing. He's in Vegas' system somewhere. So. That's that's just it. Do we know where Griffin Reinhardt <laughs> is? We know us. where Bovillier. We know where Bovillier is. We have no clue where Griffin Reinhardt is. You're right. Is. Yeah, that's true. I I don't. Yeah, Oof, rough. And then Michael Del Cole and Josh Hosang both have made appearances over the last couple of years. But as much as we might like Hosang, or as much as we're coming around on Michael Del Cole, still not nearly enough as an impact. No, what we're coming around to him is a third line, you know, left wing. That's his right, ceiling. That's it. When you, 
that's the ceiling. And again, top five pick. And we're like, okay, maybe he'll give you 30 points on the third line. So let, let's pull up the 2014 draft and look at it because it, it's not that much. Wow, that's actually that. I, I thought it wasn't very good, but it's pretty darn good. Guys taken after Michael Del Cole. Jake Furtanen was immediately taken after him. That's fine. 59 points, no big deal. William Nylander taken number eighth overall. Nikolai Ellers taken ninth overall. This is four picks after Michael Del Cole. Uh, Nick Ritchie, whatever. Kevin Fiala, not too bad. Brandon Perlini, Jacob Rana, you know, Dylan Larkin, 15th overall. Uh, Sonny Milano, Long Island's own Sonny Milano, right? He's from, hey. where is he exactly? Massapequa. Massapequa. God, as if I can pronounce that properly. Good, uh, good job by me. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen is there. David Pasternak, 25th overall. Like there's 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 quality after Michael Del Cole was taken. It's just yeah. Del Cole had a really good junior career, really good. He did. So like yeah. y- you can't necessarily fault him for taking it. But it's just in hindsight you're going, God damn. You look at some of these other picks and you're like, oh, I wish. Like even just Dylan Larkin, man, that would have been nice. Man, it would have been. Yeah, nice. that would have been really. Can you imagine if they just hit on like one of those picks? Yes. So, like, that was supposed to be the Islanders' core. And that, that's the worst part. This was supposed to be the Islanders' core going forward, right? They had Tavares as their centerpiece. And then they were going to complement that with a core of crappy, you know, a crappy draft, like low-end draft picks because of bad years with Strom, Del Cole, Reinhardt, and, and, and Nino. Like, that was supposed to be their core of five. However they panned out, they were supposed to hit, like, top six and factor heavily for the Islanders. None yeah. of them did. To be fair, it, some of these players isn't necessarily their fault. Like Nino Niederreiter, for example. That's what happens when you play with Jay Pandolfo. Jay Pandolfo, <laughs> fine player, fine fourth line player. But what do you expect when that's what you're maxing your player at? Like we gotta learn to teach him defensive hockey. You can de- teach him defensive hockey playing second line, buddies. Come on, there's no reason to play him fourth line. Put him with Bailey then. Like, or Franz Nielsen was still alive at that yes, time, right? And Franz Nielsen plays great defensive hockey. God, why did they? And so, like, they shot themselves in the foot, alienated him, and he wanted to trade. So, you know, that that's fine. Ryan Strom had a coach who hated him. Jack Capone did not like Ryan Strom for whatever reason. Maybe he had a fidget spinner yeah. Cap he didn't like, or maybe something, he said something about mullets that he just didn't care for. Or, you know, maybe it was like he, he doesn't believe in puck luck. Whatever. Didn't like him, Some- and that, that just shot his career down in terms of with the Islanders, I would say. He wouldn't come over and bake cookies with Garth and uh, Jack. <laughs> His basement, in their basement apartment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Griffin Reinhardt, not a good pick. Dal Cole, Hosang. They haven't given Hosang any love. To be fair, he hasn't given them any love back. That's what happens when you show up late to your first day of training camp and you're like, I don't want to do what you want me to do. You know, there's, there's a two way street to walk and he's not walking down it. Mm-hmm. So. But that's that's a lost generation of players is what that, that tweet made us think of. Yeah, that tweet, that's what sparked it to me was, wow, that four to five year window was terrible drafting. That was the New York Islanders version of the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, the process. And the process was the crap. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's a good basketball reference. It was, it was the worst process. They had the worst people at the helm of the process. The worst. Pretty much, which I think could lead us into the social segment. Oh, you had that one too, eh? Okay, fair enough. 
All right, so we're going to get into it on the social segment where we talk about the stuff that is trending on Isles Twitter from the past week. And Mitch, I would like to start yes, go for it. with an anniversary. <laughs> Good one. I'm going to take a drink to that. One year ago today, mm-hmm. the New York Islanders Preach. fired Say it. Garth Snow yes. and Doug Waite. Oh, double yes. We were finally set free. Bye-bye. Oh, my God, yes. What was it, 12 years of Garth Snow? 12. 12 years. Yeah, he's, he was hired. It wasn't a full 12 years, right? It was like July 6, 2006, I believe, or something stupid like that. Yeah, it was 2006 to 2018. God, Jesus Murphy. What did he... Uh, we've said it a million times over hit the course of his tenure with the Islanders, but what the hell did he ever do to deserve 12 years <laughs> running an organization? Charles Wall. He was friends with Charles Wong. That's it. I guess, yeah. Charles Wong had a soft place in his heart for him. Maybe he's the only guy who wanted to work there. I don't know, but like, God, that, that 10-year contract. That's the only reason he's still around, right? We, 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 I guess. Have, we haven't been able to confirm it, but we've, we've been as close to confirming it as possible. Like, It's not just Dave Lozo saying he's got a 10-year deal. It's people with more repute than Dave Lozo. As much as Dave Lozo was clearly right. Yeah, it certainly feels that way, right? Yep. Uh, man, it feels good. It it just felt good to just kind of it, it. It must feel like how like Edmonton Oilers fans, if you're listening, we know how you felt because what you're going through right now, we did a couple like last year, right? Like, um, pretty Ken much. Holland is coming in as like Paul Coffee out. Are you an ex oiler? Oiler, get out. Um, <laughs> we need to fix this. That we we can't have a brain trust led by guys who used to play for us. Because while that could be a good way of, of, of per- keeping the culture going, it is not a good way. It's like inbreeding. It's literally inbreeding. Yeah, but they've been terrible forever, too. Well, though, because of that. Because no at sense. a certain point, if you just stay within your own circle, you can't gain anything out from outside of the circle and grow. You just essentially just inbreed yourself into extinction. And that's what the, uh, the Oilers have been doing for a while. And it's what the Islanders did for a long time. Except that you know they their alumni didn't come back because the the island sorry the owners were you know made it a point to alienate the alumni until now. Yeah, uh, Ken Morrow was the only one as far as I know, and Gar Snow is stuck around as an ex Islanders alum. I think so. Although uh, I guess yeah, Doug Waite so. would also count. Doug Waite. Who knows what he's doing? Does anyone have any idea what Doug Waite did this year? No, and, and I hope he's just, if he wants to get back into coaching, which I'm sure he, he probably doesn't, but if he does, he's taking time to just kind of sit down, rethink what he's, he's trying to do, and get, get get back in the game that way. Find find an assistant coaching job somewhere, get back in that way, be the good cop, and and, and work your way through it. Because he, maybe he, he he had something going in that first season, but it just he could not. It's like he overthought himself in, in a year or two. He just... Overthought they the started process. off pretty good in year two. Yeah, but remember when we had that article from Arthur Staples saying he's going to change the defensive scheme and, and let goalies see the puck and not try to block shots as much? That clearly yeah. did not work. And then it took till February 14th for him to realize, like, oh, my God, 50 shots a night isn't working for me in February. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So, good anniversary. You got anything? Got anything? I got one from uh, this is from Isles Blog, so shout out to you. I, I know they weren't the only ones to tweet it out, but this is the one that I really enjoyed. Uh, it, it comes from Instagram, though. It's from Matt Martin's Instagram. So Matt Martin is getting married this this summer. Congrats to you, Matt, uh, and your lovely wife. 
uh, Sydney. Uh, and so he's out on bachelor duties, and it looks like they're having a good time out And I, what I believe is Vegas. And Mitch Marner is part of this celebration. Mitch Marner is all over this. First off, it was the picture at Top Golf where they're wearing like the really lame uh, fanny packs. On my first watch, I thought it was only Mitch Marner who was wearing this like floral pattern fanny pack. <laughs> He's the only one who's wearing it to the front. Everyone has it to the side, so you can't necessarily see it until you look closer on the picture. Right. Um, but the one that I'm bringing up is that they're all in what seems to be a hot tub, and there's 12 of them. There's Marner. There's Martin, obviously. Sezikis. Josh Bailey's there. Nick Letty. And Dennis Seidenberg. Dennis Seidenberg's there, yeah. There's some other guys who I'm not sure. I, I don't know who any are. of these other guys are. They all look pretty cut compared to myself. So, you know, good job by them. Looking good, boys. Uh, looks like they're having a good time. But the thing is, like, Mitch Marner is all over this. Wearing orange sunglasses, by the way. Hmm? Nudge, mm-hmm. nudge, wink, wink. How do you do? That's all I need. That's all I need. That's all the speculation I have. The uh, orange sunglasses and right in the middle of that picture, too. He's not, like, off to the side. He is right there in the middle. Right in there. But, like, we know that they had a close connection in Toronto between Matt Martin and, and, and Mitch Martin. We know they, that they were buddies. I, didn't they live together? I would assume so because, what, Matty's 30 and Mitch Martin's, like, 14. <laughs> <laughs> you just hit puberty yesterday. I think he's – is he 21 yet? I think he's 21, yeah. Okay, I'm, so there I'm you go. Venture. I'm not going to look it up. Um, so anyone who's speculating that Josh uh, that Mitch Marner is now following Josh Bailey on Instagram, that's why because they're at the they're at the bachelor party, uh, and it's not a good reason to say that he's going to join the Islanders. But it's all I care. I'm hanging my hat on that stuff. I'm saying no. He yep, absolutely is. That's done. Yeah, he's... So I, I'm loving it's, this. It's happening. Uh, Cal isn't there, and I think there's a good reason that Cal is there because again he had like crazy back surgery. But otherwise, I think Cal would be there living it up with him in the pool. But I, I don't think he's allowed in the pool. The, the gauze Dennis, probably isn't off his back yet. Dennis Seidenberg being there is actually kind of funny. Dude, he's cut. Look at his... What is that the obliques between the shoulders and the neck? My God, uh, you can build a house on be, those yeah. things. Yeah, that's... Uh, he's got a pretty solid-looking neck there. Josh Bailey, though, not so much. Now he's got a little dad bod going. <laughs> yes! I love it. But uh, it looks like they're having a good time, and I, I, I'm all for it. So congrats to Matt. One last thing, though. Nick Letty, sure. you, how long do you think it, think it took him to grow that beard? 15 minutes? Oh, I was going to say, like, he probably shaved before the flight, and then, like, they flew out there, and then that's... What he shaved meant. right before the picture, and as he went to, like, pose it, 5 o'clock shadow. Right back out. Like, yeah. I've got what he's got, and this has been a week and a half. I've yeah, pretty much. That's, that's a pretty good comparison, actually. I know this is an audio platform, and <laughs> the only person that could see it was me, but <laughs> it's a really good comparison. And he looks so much better with the beard. Nick Letty, yeah. clean-shaven, that's not the best of sights. He draws all his power from his beard. I think so. So, But I, I'm, I'm loving Mitch Marder all in there. You know, he, he'd be comfortable in New York. He'd be comfortable in New York, guys and girls. Yes. Uh, anything, do you have anything else? My, you kind of took the other one. I was going to say that one. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else. Like, trade speculations are all happening. We're, we're all talking about Taylor Hall, although, like, there's nothing seemingly there. Uh, no. We're looking forward to adding more players. There's going to be more coming in, in, in the days to come. But, uh, man, I can't wait. Like, it... it it brings us back to what we started with in terms of the fact that the Islanders are in on some of these big names is all I care about. 
they will add someone, but the fact that they're in, oh man, that changes the dynamic big time. Absolutely. So I think that's going to do it for the social segment. And before we get out of here, I just got to get some plugs out of the way. So wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff really helps with our searchability and allows us to create even more content. So we absolutely appreciate that. Please make sure to follow us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook page also facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. We have an app so you can download the app in either the what is it? The Apple Store or Google Play Store? Yeah, they didn't get I rid of the Apple Store yet. They just got rid of iTunes. I, iTunes, I yeah. Yes. So you could download it for either iPhone or Android or visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode number 94 in the books, closing in on 100. Dude, I don't know. What are we going to do for 100? I, I, wow, I can't believe we got there. I don't know. These people are sticking around listening to us, though, giving us a platform. Love we it. appreciate I it. I love it. So that'll do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.